Good morning, everyone. Glad that you're here. Welcome to our uh, congregational meeting and prayer time. I'm going to read part of Psalm 93. Pray for us. Actually, I'm going to read all of Psalm 93, five verses. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He has put on his, the strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established, established from of old, and you are from everlasting. So the psalmist is trying to establish something here that the Lord reigns. He's established something, namely himself, and he's going to last forever. Then verse 3, the floods have lifted up. Anytime in the Bible there's the sea or water or floods, most of the time that's negative. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their roaring. So you get this idea that just a, a huge storm has come and tried to attack this foundation that God has established. Mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Isn't that great? So it's a great little, I'm going to resist doing a sermon here, um, but uh, it's a great little psalm just to say, let's remember God established something and what he established no man can destroy. But all kinds of forces are going to come against what God has established, either his plan or his people or his church. And they're going to feel like floodwaters, and it's going to feel like I might drown or I might get overrun. And at different points, like at any storm, it feels like these waves come ashore and I get knocked down. But the psalmist wants to remind our, help us be reminded of the, that the Lord is mightier than all of those things. So let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word that we're not sitting here hoping Paul has a good word to say, but that we read Psalm 93, something written 3,000 years ago. And we feel that same tension. We, we, we sit here knowing that you, you cannot be moved. And we know you have established the church and it's going to last because it's your bride. But we feel that water. We feel that attack. We feel the flood, the roar, the waves. And some of us are in that place right now. It's just wave after wave. And so we need to be reminded that... Um, you're mightier than all those things. That you have a, a plan. And even in our death, uh, that's going to be redeemed for your glory. So thank you for your word. Thank you for your people. And may we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there's a lot of things I want to cover this morning. And hopefully by the end, we'll have some time for uh, Q&A. But the very first thing I want to do is... Uh, say that for the next, let's see, next week is May. So I think for five or six weeks, we have one more segment 
of discipleship training or adult Sunday school, and then we take a break in the summer. So Bill Hatcher is going to come up and talk about uh, what he's doing during that time, and then Carl Ingvi is going to come up and talk about what he's doing that time. Those two things are for the adults. So Bill, why don't you start? Great job. All right. So if you're, if you're self-selecting into the seniors, that's next week in the library. If you're not in that group, that's upstairs in the adult Sunday school room. Uh, great. Thank you. All right. So uh, several things here. First of all, if you don't know, we're going to one service in the summer. So that starts on June the 16th. So we'll have two services up till uh, June the 9th. And then on the June the 16th, we'll have one service. And that's 10 o'clock, so everybody has to get used to something different. We didn't want to do 8.30 as one service, too early. Summer service, one at 11, too late, so we went with 10. So we are going to try to say that over and over and over again, because uh, we don't want you to show up at 8.30 or 11. Uh, but there's no summer Sunday school, because um, we try to give all of our volunteers a break and make it a little bit easier in the summer. And so I just want you to be aware of that. All the child care stuff is all the same. So if you have somebody in zero to four, you would come in, they would go to that class, there's a K2, that sort of thing. So it's really, the service isn't any different than the 8.30 or 11, it's just the time is at 10 o'clock. All right. Okay, capital campaign update. Pretty easy to see here. Uh, we had a goal, as you know, of $1.2 million. We're currently at $1.15, so $1,150,000, and I think it's $3,000. So that's awesome. I mean, that really is awesome. And we feel really confident of some of the folks who have said they want to uh, pledge, but they just haven't been able to at this point because of some other uh, business dealing or something that will eventually get to $1.2. So we, we're currently at 96% of our goal 377000 has been given so far. Uh, most of that money is going to the mortgage, and you can see that on uh, the mortgage of in November. So six months ago was 944, and today it's 606. So that's a lot of great progress. You can see that progress in your bulletin. So if you just look on that financial page, you'll see it updated uh, every week. And our hope is that by the end of next year, so December 2020, we will not have a mortgage anymore. So, woohoo! That'll be awesome. Our current uh, monthly give, uh, gift gift that's not a gift uh, a payment to our mortgage company uh, is they don't consider it a gift uh, is seven thousand dollars a month. So you think about that mathematically. That's about $85,000 a year that we're going to save uh, for not having a mortgage payment. And that's, that's great. We had 168 uh, different units. So a family, a, a single, however you put that. Uh, and we, that's great because we have 160 member units. So although not every person in the church gave, a good portion of them, and then a number of people who aren't in the church actually gave to the campaign. So that was great as well. All right, uh, general giving for this year, just uh, briefly, just to see where we, we were in 2018 and then in 2019. So we're, we're going up in our giving by uh, percentage, and I'll just, you'll just notice the last line, the year-to-date giving. 
uh, is 253 in 2018 and 284 in 2019. So that's a pretty big increase over uh, the year. There's been an increase in the number of people who've come. You see that 8%. And really the thing that's been most surprising to all of us is how many more people are attending the K2 time. That really wasn't anticipated. I mean, we thought, well, we're going to grow and it's always going to be a little uneven as to what age or stage. But we basically had about 20 people come to the K2 time when we had one service. And most of the time we have about 40 now. So it's really been incredible uh, how much that has jumped up. And so I think that now last week was Easter. I think they had 32 or something in there in the second service. So you, can, you might want to be praying for those people during that time. Uh, so that's been, and I, I, my guess is uh, some more people have come have families. That's number one. And then I think the options for families, some of them get up early and they're ready to go at 8.30, you know, and 11 is almost too late for their family dynamics. So it makes it easier for them to attend more frequently. So uh, that's sort of the the nuts and bolts on uh, finances. Now, I want to spend most of my time here thinking about Christ Community Church 2.0 and sort of where we're going. You've seen this diagram already many times. And when we started thinking about Christ Community Church 2.0, again, we're trying to say, we're, we're not trying to build something new, we're trying to build a, a second story. And to build a second story, what are the columns that need to be in place to, to get another platform? And these were the main columns that we thought through. And I can't speak uh, in depth about each one of them, but just to give you sort of a point of emphasis on each one. So first, growth. So we wanted to say out loud that we want to grow. And when you hear that word, I would rather you hear the word influence than growth. Because I think when you think growth, when I think growth, I just think number of people in, in the seat. You know, you had 100, now you have 150. Okay, you've grown. And that's not, that's one thing that we want to be prepared for. So we went to two services and other things. But as significantly or maybe more significantly, and we'll talk about more about this in a minute, the growth of our influence in the community. So we're not just thinking about how many more people we are serving right here in this, you know, this eight acre spot but how this eight-acre spot is serving more people in the community, some of whom will come to Christ Community Church and some of whom won't ever come to Christ Community Church, but we can still serve them. So uh, everybody who's in ministry here has something in their job description that puts them outside of Christ Community Church to serve in some way, and that's intentional. So uh, thank you all very much for letting um, the the two services transition go so smoothly. We don't, thankfully, we don't have a congregation that likes to complain, and I'm grateful for that. Um, so I think if you complain, you just go home and complain, you know, to your spouse. But which is fine. I, I, I encourage that as long as it doesn't come back to me. It can go any other way, but. Uh, you know, they're just, you know, I think everybody enjoyed being together. I think everybody's going to enjoy being together in the summer, but just to grow, there was no way to stay at one service. That just wasn't a possibility. And I think most people recognize that. And I just thank you for, for being a good, you know, 
sport on it because I know maybe this wasn't everybody's first choice. But so that's been great. So uh, secondly, diversity. I wanted to show a couple of pictures here. Uh, this is um, one of our outreach efforts is to Greenfield Village. And if you don't know where Greenfield Village is, it's not far from the hospital. Um, and it's a, there's a couple of big communities, public housing communities. One's called Houston Moore, which is kind of right on the road of 17th Street, 16th Street. And then behind it is a sort of a sprawling area called Greenfield Village, both public housing projects. And in Greenfield Village, uh, there is a center there, a little community center, run by Swandella Nixon. Swandella is the last lady here on the right. And she, you've, you probably saw her in the video. And she's the one who's been really helpful to Kelly and our team in terms of what we've done there. And she basically runs an after-school program for kids in the community. So I, it might be 20 or 30 kids that come by and they get food, they get some training, they get some basically oversight until five or six o'clock. And uh, so a couple of years ago, we started going out there and we took over one of the days, Monday, and Swandella was like, that's awesome. And so these two older ladies to the left, they are uh, the people that help her. So it was Swandella and these two ladies and 30 kids. And when we walked in, they were like, yes, you know, praise the Lord, a bunch of college students who have a lot of energy and uh, they were excited about us being there. And we really have developed a great, great relationship with those folks. And this picture was actually taken yesterday at the ladies' tea. So these ladies came, I think, for the first time uh, last year to the ladies' tea. And all year they said, Kelly, Kelly, tell us when the tea is again because we can't wait. So they, they brought the, two of them brought their granddaughters to it. And they really, really love us, and we really love them. Now, probably these ladies are not going to come to Christ Community Church. That's part of the growth thing. We're, we're trying to invest in them. They go to their own churches. But together, we're trying to invest in that community. And that's part of what we do. In that community, if you keep up with the news, there were two shootings, I think, in the last couple of, uh, in the last week, two of them in the same day, I think. This is Sam Holdsworth. Sam Holdsworth has been on this Greenfield Village team for two years. And so when he went out there two years ago, he met a bunch of boys that were in the fifth grade and boys that are in fifth grade with a college student, they want to go out and do something active. So he uh, took them outside. They played football or soccer or whatever they did outside, and they just began to form a relationship. But then in sixth grade, the kids go on. They don't come back to the community center anymore in a regular way. But Sam wanted to keep up with them. And so he, he takes them to, to dinner every Wednesday night. And we get a little, in our little feed for the staff, we get a picture of Sam and his boys at a local restaurant. <laughs> and it's, a, I have, you know, half a dozen of these pictures in my, in my text. And uh, to me, this is a beautiful picture. He takes them, he pays for their meal, he brings them to bridge here every Wednesday night. And that's, that's the kind of thing that we get when we get involved. That's what our goal is, is not to just come in and sort of do something like a package, but to do something that's a relationship. The package, education or anything else is, is helpful, but now Sam, he's going to be friends with these guys the rest of his life. 
I mean, it's not going to be like when Sam goes, goes away from whatever he does after college or something, he's going to keep up with these guys. And to me, that's the thing that when we, when we think about growth and influence, that's what we're talking about. We're not just thinking how many more people attend Christ Community Church. And so I think that's beautiful. A uh, couple other things about the diversity. This is something that just has really in an unusual way popped up. And I want to just explain it to you because you all have a chance to hear more about it and maybe be involved. But I think it was about two months ago, maybe, Jeremy and Wendy, it was maybe they, they did uh, Lizzie, who, if you don't know, she had her baby yesterday. <laughs> Little Annie came, seven pounds, 10 ounces. So not too little for being two weeks early. Um, so anyway, Liz has done these um, events at the church. And that one was a, about legal issues. The last one two months ago was about health, general health. And it was just for women. So 45 women came, uh, Hispanic women came. And there were four different stations they could go to to get help in a health area, mental health, uh, physical health, other things like that. And one of the areas was, was uh, medical attention. And Jeremy was the doctor in one room, and then there was a pediatrician in another room. Although there weren't kids there, it was just a mom. A lot of these people, a lot of these women were moms. Almost all the women came to see Jeremy rather than the pediatrician, which was a little unusual. So we asked them why, and they said, well, our kids can get help, but we have trouble getting help. And so I was standing right out there by the the couches, and we were just kind of talking about that, and Jeremy said, I don't even think he meant to come to say it, (laughs) but he just said, you know what, Paul, I've been thinking about how could I give some of my time away and maybe I could, you know, come over here for a couple of hours and see some people. I'm not sure how that would work. Well, as soon as somebody says something like that to me, my wheels start rolling all downhill. So I was like, hey, Liz Cooper, come over here right now. So Liz is over there. Wendy was there. And I said, hey, just do some exploration. Just find out, does another church do something like this? What is, how complicated is it? That kind of stuff. And so they did some exploration. They actually went... Uh, maybe about a month ago now, to a church in Greenville, North Carolina, who does this twice a month. And they started out of their own church, although they're in another location now. And they see 30 or 40 people come on for during a two-hour segment during this time. And they came back thinking, hey, I think we could do something like this. But, you know, when you talk about medical stuff, it can quickly get complicated, you know, whether it's record keeping or do they need labs or shots or, you know, examination. I mean, just lots of things that's more complicated than if you're just doing like a counseling thing where you'd sit down and talk to somebody. So then right after they got back, David Parks was over here who uh, works at the hospital as an administrator. And he was actually meeting somebody else at the church. And I sat down and said, hey, David, we're thinking about doing this thing. Paul, I'm involved with that kind of thing at the hospital. And we're trying to launch something. And we've been looking for somebody to help us with it. We need sort of a location, like a church. And I was like, well, that's awesome. I'm going to have you get in touch with Jeremy and Wendy and Liz. And so they sat down. And this was, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but Jeremy said, you know, I felt like when we came back from Greenville, 
we had this big pile of uh, medical questions to try to unpack, and we had little plastic spoons. David walked in with a bulldozer, and he just moved all that stuff away. At the same time, Karen Davis uh, came back to Wilmington, and uh, she went back to work at Live Oak, and she saw me one day after church and said, hey, I think I would like to introduce you to somebody at Live Oak who does community outreach. They, they have some funds there that they give to the community. And I've, I've heard about the clinic. Maybe that's something they've been... Well, we met with them last week, and they're like, this is exactly what we're looking for. We want, we want to do something with the hospital. We want to do something with medical health. And we want, to, we want to do it sort of in a scalable regional way. So what's done here would be able to be replicated in Ogden or downtown or Leland. Or, they don't want some giant thing that everybody comes to. They want something that can be a model for all kinds of different churches. So now I've had two meetings with all these folks together. And we had one meeting last week. We were all in the same room. And it was just so fascinating to see in two months how Live Oak, the hospital in Christ community, we're like the little thing in the middle, you know, like the little bow tie. Live Oak's over here and the hospital's over here and we're the little knot right here. And, but they need the church to do what only the church can do. We have all the relational capital around this area, especially in the Hispanic community and also with the poor community. And the hospital and the Live Oak want to help, but they need somebody who has the relational capital to already be there. And so when they hear, hey, you got 45 women who will actually come to your church already, that's a big hurdle. A lot of times Hispanics just won't come to places that aren't, they're, they're not familiar with. So all that's happened in the last two months. Isn't that amazing? And so um, when, when I had this column of diversity, I wasn't thinking this. What I was thinking is, we're just going to poke around and just find out, you know, what door might open. And we've done that at Greenfield Village, and we've had some doors open and some doors closed. And then, you know, Jeremy says something, and I'm like, hey, let's, let's see if this door is going to open. And just one thing has led to another. And so when I talk about these things, I, I don't want you just to be excited about them, although they are exciting. I want you to think, how can I pray about these things? And then is there a way I could be involved in some area? Now, it could be Greenfield Village. It could be the medical clinic. It could be something else that I talk about. But that, those, those are the kinds of things that are happening right now in the diversity space. In terms of the spiritual maturity column... Let me go back to this. Um, really, the main thing that we're working on right now is having the community groups. First of all, trying to push community groups as a main part of your spiritual development at Christ Community. Because it's helpful to come to church, obviously, but there's a lot of stuff that gets missed if you just come on Sundays and walk away. You all know that. So trying to... to, to herd people towards being in a small group, and then also having the elders have small groups underneath them. So not instead of just having people underneath them, they'd have small groups. So if, if, I have, if I'm an elder and I have a couple of small groups, I would know who the small group leader is, and I would touch base with those small group leaders and say, how's everybody in your group? Because a lot of ministry, a lot of shepherding happens in a small group. 
And then occasionally in a small group, you say, hey, this is a big issue with this person. I need an elder to help me out with it in some way with wisdom or prayer or conversation. So we're trying to work on that structure. Some of that will be ongoing, but uh, with Sam being sent out to, uh, to RUF, um, some of these things are a little bit on hold because we have to have a person uh, to lead them. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Land and building. A couple of, just a couple of points here. Uh, Sam was tasked to, to get a team together and finish off the lobby. And so that started with the, the, um, the information table and moving the stuff around. And uh, probably in the next month, we're going to have a different coffee bar set up for us and a couple other pieces moving around. And that will finish off the lobby. And he's done a great job with Liz Cooper and Morgan Kiesler have helped him out with that. So that's been very helpful. And then the deacons are tasked right now with figuring out what are the external projects that that need to be done outside of our walls here that will come out of the $200,000 that we raised for the capital campaign. In terms of the organizational structure, the, you know, as you grow, you have to get more organized. And we were fairly organized, but we felt like we need some structure pieces and a couple of things that are happening that are helpful for you to know and you've heard about is Flocknote and Planning Center. So Flocknote is our church texting device, the app, basically, so that everybody can be connected, especially the staff to the, to the congregation. And you have to sign up for it. That's the thing about it. So you probably got something in the mail about it already. You will get another thing this week about signing up. It's very easy. And if you're in the senior saints and it's not easy for you to do it, then uh, call Carly. She can walk you through it. Uh, we all know it's true. Uh, because look, I, when I have technology problems, which is after I turn it on and it doesn't work, I have a technology problem. I asked Carly. She can ask her. And so um, if you're challenged in that way, somebody can walk you through it and get you all set up. It's really helpful for us to be connected to you. So let's say there was some issue. It's, I don't know. It starts snowing. Are we going to have church today? We just put out flock note. Hey, no church today. Or yes, we're having church. Or any, the hurricane. Is it, is it you, you know, you put it out. You can't go through all your list and grab everybody. So we do it through flock note. Uh, so we want, want to make sure we're connected. And then the planning center is the way that we connect. And most of us who are on a, in a small group or on a worship team or in the youth group or anything, we're already connected to this. But again, you'll be sent an email about how, be, how to be connected in that way. And that helps us organizationally uh, in terms of technology. Another thing in terms of technology that we're not working on, but it's, I thought it was just helpful to know is there's at least one person and maybe more than one uh, that's pretty interested in making sure that the sermons go online on video. And so they faithfully given over a long period of time and there's maybe $4,000, almost $4,000 in that fund. And so as we go, as we sort of move through our changes in here, you know, that'll be a change that we'll, ha- we'll see happen. And also we're trying to change the website so that the sermon access is a lot easier than it currently is. So a couple of things there. Another thing I wanted to mention just about the um, organizational structure is Mark, 
the Cosmaker and Ned Marable. So Mark the Cosmaker came to me a year ago, maybe, maybe a year and a half ago, I can't real, quite remember, and said, hey, Paul, I just want to help you. And whenever somebody comes and says, they want, wheels start rolling downhill. Because I think people come to you and you find them places, but they, they probably add things to your plate. You know, then you've got to help them and all that stuff. So I want to try to take things off your plate. So Mark's been a huge help. And so we gave him the title executive pastor because that's really what he does. And then Ned had said, hey, I want to try to do something in that category. And we immediately gave him the capital campaign. We're like, Ned, thank you for volunteering as chairing the capital campaign. (laughs) And he did a great job. And uh, so I had lunch with him this week and he said, hey, so I'm ready for like the next thing. And so these guys give their time, you know, they have a title or something, but they don't give any money. They just, they give their time. And they say, what, what needs to get off Paul Phillips's plate that I can organize, do, run, figure out, run interference, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's a great way for somebody to be thinking. Not everybody can think that way, but that's a big, been a huge help to me personally in terms of organization. Staffing. So everybody knows, sadly, by now, we are sending Sam out to uh, RUF on campus at UNCW, and we are, we genuinely are excited about that for the campus. I mean, we think that's a great thing, but it's a bummer for us. And since we're mostly about us, it's more of a bummer. (laughs) Um, Sorry, this is being recorded, so this is probably bad. (laughs) Some visitor's going to be like, holy cow. Um, So... um, we have to replace Sam. There's really no question about that. The question is just, you know, Sam's a little bit of a unicorn. He's really great at worship, and he's really great at preaching and discipleship training, and, and a lot of times those don't go together. You're sort of in one of those columns or another. And uh, But really, I was reading a leadership book, and this isn't anything new, but it said, in order to scale your business, you have to scale yourself. And uh, or otherwise you become sort of a bottleneck. And I think one of the challenges at Christ Community Church is for Paul not to become a bottleneck. And so what needs to happen is another kind of Paul needs to come in so I can just scale myself on that person. Somebody who's already got a, a a degree, somebody's already finished his degree, somebody already has some experience, and they would be in the adult ministry category because there's so many different things that need to happen and they just take a lot of time and attention and uh, I don't have the time and attention to give all those things and I don't even have the skill to give them all so we need somebody who's in that place and we're going to hire somebody and we'll start looking for somebody in May. Now obviously the best thing would be to do is if we could hire somebody we know that would be the best thing but so far, we haven't thought of, of that person. The second best thing is somebody you know. You know, so you know us and you know this person. And even though I don't know them, there's a connection. And you feel like, well, great. That's a good start. Third best option would just be somebody that nobody knows, which is not a great option. Uh, so we'll be putting out our search. But if you know, you know somebody or you know somebody who might know somebody, you know, any kind of connection like that, we are open to. So one thing that I'm working on for myself, which is very difficult to, to limit myself to these three things, 
uh, is preaching, vision and leadership, and leverage in the community. So those are three things that I think I'm best at and are maybe things that are, are not easy to give away. And so what's hard is there's always competition against those things. Um, but when I say, I think, preaching, vision, and leadership, most of you probably understand that. But leverage in the community, I think because of my time in the community, you know, as a minister since 1987, I just know a lot of different people, and then they have grown up with me as their young life leader or whatever, and we just have a way of connecting uh, that's very helpful. And I'll give you a couple of examples of why this happens and how it takes up some time, but things that I think I'm, that, I, that I know I'm excited about. Coddington, maybe oh, in February, probably know they had this big blow up. It's in the news. Uh, a teacher there played a Monopoly-like game that had to do with slavery. And it really was not the best choice, um, and it became a, a big news item. And then on the school board had to address that last month. So I attended that meeting with a lot of other people. And Rob Campbell, Pastor Rob Campbell was there and he spoke at the meeting. I happened to be friends with two of the school board members. One guy was in my Young Life Club. And so I said, hey, Rob, afterwards, I said, these two guys I know, let's, go, let's have coffee with them and talk to them about what we want to see happen in terms of equity in our community in terms of education. Well, Rob could have those conversations, but it'd be more difficult for him to have them all by himself. So me coming in as somebody that's friends with these guys and also another community leader and also a white guy can come in in a different way. And so I'm excited about those things, and I've had conversations with these guys. But you see, that's, that's leveraging what I have in the community for the health of our community, specifically public education. That's not something you can easily give away because you have to have that built in in some form. In the last month, I've had a one-on-one conversation for about an hour, hour and a half with two pastors in town, and they're going through some challenges, and I happen to know them. And so I've sat down and had coffee with these guys, and I just mostly listened to them, you know? I know hey, that's hard. I did that before. That's not very much fun. Don't do this, because I tried that, and it was terrible. You know, that's the kind of advice I gave mostly. Um, but that takes time. That, that, that can take up a lot of your time. But those are the things I feel like God's called me to do right here in Wilmington at this stage. And somebody else needs to come in and take care of some other things that are in the adult side ministry, and that's going to be the person that replaces Sam. Kelly... We're very happy for Kelly and Grayson. We're going to have a baby in September. Uh, but Kelly's been a critical part, especially of the youth and college ministry. And so um, a couple of things that we've done to try to basically give a patch to what she's done is uh, the Ministry Apprentice Program. Ministry Apprentice Program map. Uh, we have two maps uh, Sam, I mean, uh, Pearson and Morgan. And so 
we had Pearson and Morgan sort of lined up, and we said, hey, with Kelly gone, it would be great if we had another female map person. And we called Sam Husky, and their faces are right here. I have them. So if you don't know these people, Morgan, Pearson, and Sam, they've all been involved in the church at different levels. And so we called uh, Sam Husky and said, hey, you haven't expressed explicit interest in the map, but we have an interest in you doing it because we need help. We need you to come and take some stuff off of David's plate that Kelly was doing. And she said yes. So she's in Spain or Portugal or somewhere coming back, uh, maybe right now, is she not? Coming back pretty soon. Uh, And um, she will be here. They all start June the 1st. So part of replacing Kelly was getting another map, at least for a year. That's why I'm calling it a patch. And then Pearson, raise your hand back here, Pearson. He's a map person. Got a haircut since that last photo. Uh, And when Pearson was already going to be a map, and the map program, they work 50% of their time for the church and 50% of their time in the community. Somebody who might be interested in, in church work, but they're not sure. So they get some money from the community a job in the community, and then they work here. And so we said to Pearson, we'd like for you to have your 50% at the church, and instead of 50% in the community, we want that 50% back in the church. So we've hired Pearson full-time for his year, which is great, and Pearson thankfully has said yes to that. So he'll take over a lot of effort and energy and leadership in that regard. So those are the ways that we've tried to patch those things together in terms of what Kelly was doing. I think the main thing that's been left uncovered for Kelly is the leadership at Greenfield Village because she was the leader out there. Now, that that group has a good team, but they don't really have a, a designated leader. And we have a couple of different ways we're thinking about trying to find that, but it's not just not anybody can volunteer for that. It's a unique spot, and so we're thinking through that. Uh, another place that's left uncovered at this point is worship. So we are having a worship meeting after this service, this second service in a few minutes. Uh, And David and I are going to sort of take over the worship part that Sam did. And, but we're going to be asking Jesse and Jason and the other folks on the team, Sam, to step up and take a little bit more uh, responsibility and ownership. Again, just as a patch until we get to whatever the final solution is. Community groups is a place that's left uncovered. And right now, what we're going to do is we're going to funnel people to Carly, and Carly's going to connect them to Chuck Marzon. Uh, So if you don't know Chuck, he's one of the elders here. And they'll be trying to run the community groups in terms of how you get in one. Is there, do they need help in some way, materials, that kind of stuff. And the final thing is connections the connections team, which Sam has done a great job, which is all the stuff about, you know, the people in the lobby and getting people connected to the information table or coffee or anything else. And so we need somebody who does that four or five hours. Uh, I don't know if he said four or five hours a week it takes, and I'm not sure who that is yet. So we're figuring all that stuff out. Again, once we have his replacement, some of these things will go to that person. So I could say more, but I've run out of time, and that was what I wanted to basically say. What kind of questions or comments do you have? Thank you. Very helpful, especially I think I'm most nervous about replacing Sam because so far all the other sort of ways it's worked out is somebody we know, you know.
but Sam, the Sam replacement is going to be somebody who has a lot of influence at Christ Community Church, uh, almost equal to mine. And so that has to be somebody who's in our DNA, understands our theology and our philosophy of ministry, because they, they both have to, to meld together in finding that person might take some time, and the time that that takes might be a little rockier than you would want. And I'll say, gosh, that's a great question. I, I would love for that to happen as soon as we find, you know, this next person. Good. Thank you. Any other thoughts, questions? Yeah, all the way in the back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome, Trista. I think that's the way we feel about it. You know, that we've we said, hey, it really st- was sparked by Jeremy. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure he knew what he was getting into when he even said it. And, and he's learned, I should never tell Paul a dream, you know, because <laughs> he might make it a reality. Uh, but really, I think on the getting the hospital involved and David already being in our church, was just a double door opening. And then Live Oak coming in with their interest, double door. I mean, so this, this, little, this little dirt path has turned into a highway in, in just two months' time. Now look, there are a lot of hurdles still to get over. We haven't done the clinic yet. Um, but at least you have the right kinds of people in the room that you feel pretty confident that something is going to happen. And again, as, as, and as awesome as that is, that takes time, you know? And so for me to sit in those meetings or try to help figure out how the building's going to be used and all that kind of stuff, you just feel all the things coming around that are exciting, but we get, do have to get the right kinds of people in place to, to make those things happen. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much. For this, I mean, I bet a lot of congregational meetings aren't about these kinds of things that you've you've given through your people to uh, get us to a debt-free goal. You've opened doors for uh, somebody like Pearson to work full time instead of part time. Uh, you've worked in a way, in ways with the clinic, uh, so many other places, and we just want to praise you and thank you for that. Thank you for these people who are trying to hear your voice and walk in your way. Pray for your voice to come through in this next service in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you.